Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Oh, hey, Todd. Dr. Wignall, how are you? Pretty good. Good. Pretty good. Glad to hear it. What's on the docket for today? We had a listener write in about um, making really difficult decisions with their partner and namely they they um, expressed interest in, in kind of the dilemma of when to have children and far be it from me to, to kind of give advice to anybody about how to address this issue specifically but I but I thought we might back up a little bit and, and maybe look at just generally how couples can resolve or come to agreement about difficult decisions yeah I like having yeah because yeah. that often happens I'm not sure if you noticed this yet in your marriage of big decisions, how but. many years, but <laughs> sometimes big decisions come up that you have to make together. And sometimes you have different views of how that should go. Yes. Occasionally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, I think it's, I mean, surely everybody can relate to this on some level. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and um, often I'll have a client come in and say, um, I need your help in convincing my partner that they need to. <laughs> and, and so this isn't an uncommon kind of request. You say that like it's not in your job description. Boy, you know, it's it's an interesting thing. I, You know, I mean, some people feel so strongly about certain things that they really do want your help uh, getting that point across. Right. Um, as if um, a certain phrase or a certain way of saying that will convince their partner in a way that they haven't been able to. Yeah. we should. I should back up here and say this, for me anyway, this topic usually comes up in the, in the context of... Um, romantic relationships and partnerships, sure. spouses, longtime boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever. Um, but I do actually have it come up fairly often in other partnerships. So like um, business partnerships is mm-hmm. something I've had it come up with a, a couple times. Um, and even like sort of uh, employee manager sort of relationships. So I, I siblings. Think, yeah, siblings. Yep. So just keep in mind, this this applies to, I think a lot of what we're going to talk about applies to really any kind of significant relationship um, where a big a big question is kind of on the table. Yeah, yeah. How do you usually generally start those conversations with your clients? Um, so I usually just like to get more of the, I think I've talked about this before, but I like to get the lay of the land, like the details. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people go right to either the kind of high level conceptual stuff, like, oh, my partner just doesn't understand me, you know? Um, or they get kind of caught up in the, this is what has to happen. Like, how do I get there? Right. Yeah. I know this is where we need to go. I just need to convince my partner of whatever. And so I like to get a little bit of the, like the history, the backstory. When did this first become a thing? Um, how much have you guys talked about it? Like what, how did, how do those conversations typically go? Um, I like to do some of this kind of fact finding to sort of fill out the picture. Um, Cause I think in a lot of ways um, the devil's kind of the details um, about this stuff, I think. Um, like for instance, how you, how you approach a conversation about mm. a big issue is actually hugely important. And I'll give you like a really seemingly stupid example of this, but that is incredibly impactful. So many of the, t- like, I, I don't know if I can put a number on this, but it's over 50% of the time when I hear at least romantic partners talking about big topics and big decisions they want to have. And I, I asked them like, well, how are you like, when have you guys talked about this? Like, what does that usually look like? At least 50% of the time it happens like after 10 PM at night, usually like when they're in bed, getting ready to go to sleep, which is when couples kind of, yeah, when you have finally time. have time, yeah. you got the kids to bed, you know, it's a long day at work, whatever. So I totally get it. Right. But 
how could you possibly expect to have a productive conversation at 11 p.m. in bed after a super long day? There is no way. Like, you could be the Dalai Lama and, like, you would not have a productive conversation. Much it's unlikely. Much less a productive conversation about some huge issue like hmm. whether to, like, have another kid or whether to move or switch <laughs> careers or, like, any of these really big mm-hmm. decisions. So I, I think, for me, asking about these seemingly mundane questions of, like, when do you guys talk about this? Like, how have those gone in the past? I mean, it's important for me to understand this, but but I think it also models for my clients that these like these seemingly mundane details actually matter a lot. And when people have conflict about these big questions, sometimes it's just because there's a lot of this low-hanging fruit that they're not aware of. Like a lot of these kind of mundane details that are causing a lot of friction really unnecessarily. Yeah. Um, so that's that's one place that's kind of where I like to start is with the, the kind of boring stuff. Yeah, I, I, a lot of the boring stuff, the lay of the land, I like a lot, and then to look at how have they have attempted to address and resolve mm-hmm. this uh, historically. And what I find almost equally as shocking sometimes is that often these things are hinted at and not really explicitly communicated. Uh, what what's an example of that? Um, let's say you want to go back to school and and money's tight and and resources are tight and two incomes are needed or whatever that is. Um, sometimes there's there's maybe backhanded comments, passive aggressive comments or little hints at, um, well, I'd make more money if I could go back to school and do that. Mm. you know. But it's yeah. not a request of like, hey, I'm, I really feel strongly that I'd like to go back to school and I'd like to hear what you think about that mm. you know, and hear the, the reasons this is important to me. Um, and it's, it's odd, but sometimes couples have a really hard time being explicit in their communication and really saying how they feel and what they want. Um, and there's reasons for that, I understand. But I'm also um, surprised sometimes when, when couples have struggled maybe in resolving something, but really struggle to communicate explicitly about what their preferences are and what they want. That's so huge. Like I totally relate to that. Um, and one particular flavor of that that I see a lot is humor gets in the way of this. Yeah. So there's these issues, and I, I ask people to describe, well, how have you addressed this before? Like a huge percentage of the time, their communication about this issue is basically in the form of a joke. They kind of like offhandedly or sarcastic <laughs> right. kind of jokey way say mm-hmm. like, you know, well, if I ever got the opportunity to go back to school, you know, maybe blah, blah, blah would be different, right? Or, you know, if, if you, you know, if, if, you weren't such a stickler about like only having one kid, like maybe blah, 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 yeah. get pregnant yeah. again or something like that. Yeah. And that's, it's tough. It's understandable. A lot of people um, end up using humor as sort of a defense mechanism. I think, um, the, I think the main reason that happens is there's a vulnerability to communicating what you really want mm-hmm. and being explicit with that. I mean, you are very, you're exposing tender flesh because it's something that you want or you, you feel a great, de- great degree of value in. And that vulnerability I think oftentimes it's kind of padded or protected by humor, uh, passive aggressive language, or just these weird hints because you, it's, it's a hard thing to just kind of lay it out on the table and say, Hey, my heart's really invested in part of this thing. And how do we, how do we address that? Um, and, and, and maybe this segues nicely into how I encourage couples to talk. Um, usually there's a negotiation. I think couples, you know, usually are, are far better off looking at communication as negotiation sometimes. Mm. Um, and sort of really look at uh, what's important to you and, and why it's important to you and being able to communicate to that partner. I encourage people to do that, to really be explicit about 
kind of writing down even in a writing exercise, what is important to them and why that thing is important mm -hmm. and some kind of preference ask, you know, I, I would like to do this. Um, I would like to register for classes in the fall. Um, the reason this is important to me is I think it's an avenue to a better life for us. Um, it's something, it's a goal I've always had. It's really important. Whatever that is, to be able to really openly, honestly communicate to your partner. For one, it just kind of really states emphatically, this is what I'd like um, and why. And often, it, often your partner can hear that a lot better than they can the backhanded, humor-wrapped, um, man, if I had the opportunity in college, I wouldn't waste that on whatever it is. Right. So um, being explicit is something I really work with my clients a lot in, in kind of refining both what it is they want and then how to ask for that thing and communicate that preference. Yeah, being assertive about, about that stuff, which, which is really, really hard for a lot of people, yeah. even in these relationships where you, you really know the person well and have a long history. Well, and it can be that your partner also has reservations about whatever it is that you may want. And um, encouraging your partner to do the same thing, you know, to if they're resistant to the idea to really explicitly um, state why and what values they might have in this situation. Um, you know, maybe maybe your partner's super supportive of you going back to school, but they're really worried about the financial aspect of it. Well, then you have a completely different problem, which is how do we afford to do this? Mm -hmm. uh, a problem that you might be able to work on together rather than just kind of this stalled uh, discussion or non-discussion of you going back to school, yeah. which, which may not be the part that they're hung up on. Yep. Um, but, but for both of you to really define what it is you want and what it is you're concerned about and what are the values in this equation, um, then you're much more uh, likely to be able to negotiate around those things and, and to come to some resolution rather than these kind of passive aggressive or mean or fights even yeah. about that. Yeah. So be really plain and direct about what you actually want. Super explicit. Yeah. yeah. And I think the other, because sometimes I find myself um, in therapy with someone who is on, they're the one who kind of wants something and is having a hard time mm -hmm. articulating it. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times I find myself with the person who's on the other side, maybe, who is either they don't want something or they're kind of ambivalent and the other mm -hmm. person really wants something and they're having a hard, they kind of know this is maybe a thing, but they're not, it's still in those kind of early stages. And, and, and I think one of the problems, it, it, it becomes a if not an outright like competition, like I'm right and they're wrong, it sometimes it goes to the negotiation phase too early. And, and what I mean mm. by that is, I think a lot of times before you get to negotiating about what we're gonna do and like what I'm gonna give up and what you're gonna give up and trade-offs and all that kind of stuff, I think an important first stage before that, and it's what you were alluding to, is really like a kind of a deep understanding, both as you were suggesting of what you want but also, if you're the, on the other side of things, really trying to understand in a nuanced way what the other person actually wants and, crucially, like why they want it. What are their real kind of motivations? Trying to understand that. Because I think, well, I'll, I'll give you an example. I, I had a client who um, I was seeing the husband was my client, and his, they were kind of a middle-aged couple, uh, had three kids, and his my client's wife... Um, wanted to, her dad had um, Alzheimer's and they were, she was trying to decide whether to put him in a, um, like a facility, like an assisted living facility or to have him come live with them, mm. with their family. Um, big decision. Yeah. Huge decision, right? Like mm. that really, really big. And so my, um, my, from my client's perspective, the, the husband, 
the, the, the dad's Alzheimer's was pretty advanced. Like he should prob- probably needs more care than we can give him. It's going to be super stressful and taxing um, on the family. So like this, this is a slam dunk. Obviously we should put him in um, an assisted living facility. facility. Mm-hmm. And cause it, so he was really highlighting the resources of time, effort, expense, um, training that they maybe would have to yeah. acquire to, and he was yeah. very he was really thinking of it on kind of a logistical level mm-hmm, like the, mm-hmm. the, the the practicalities of this just don't work out right was kind of his sort of argument um, and what he what we what I tried to help him sort of do is to kind of understand his wife's um, kind of deeper motivations because it's the, the the deepest they had ever got was like well, it's, it's her dad and she really loves him and cares about him. And she, mm. you know, like that was in his mind, that was the reason why she was pushing so hard for bringing him into their, into their home. He had chalked it up to an emotional kind of decision. Yeah. And even just sort of a, the kind of a generalized, like, well, he's her dad. Like, of course she wants him. Mm-hmm. The, the, mm-hmm. And what, what ended up happening was I got him to, through being kind of a, a careful, active listener to get him to help her articulate more their her reasons for why she really wanted mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, her dad to live with them. And one of them that I thought was really interesting was she opened up to, to him, to my client, the husband, that she was worried that if she put him in a home, she would feel this like overarching sense of guilt mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And that that guilt would just be unrelenting and it would, she wouldn't be able to like focus on anything else or, break or her be down. emotionally available to anyone else in her family mm. because that guilt would be so overwhelming. And my, what ended up happening was they, they did end up putting the dad in a home. Um, but what, what was important was when my client understood that about her, that it wasn't just this kind of superficial thing like, oh, he's my dad, we should bring him in. There, there was this more kind of substantive like uh, motivation there. Mm-hmm. He experienced a lot more empathy for his wife, mm-hmm. and that just led to much more constructive, less volatile conversations around this topic. Yeah, and they ended up coming to an agreement that that worked out for for both of them. I, um, I agree, and I think that this maybe is a, a good key off what you said of not negotiating too early to really first understand your partner's concerns, worries, what they want, um, and not just kind of in that superficial, yeah, I kind of know what you want, but in a really deep sort of way, understanding what your partner's looking for. Because if you really care, you you, you would probably want to pay attention to that mm-hmm. um, before any negotiation happens. That's, that's really important to those things. And that's why I think communicating so explicitly is so important because it really lays it out yeah. for each other. But, you know, to, to circle back to maybe our, our listeners' comment about when to have children, you know, to, to encourage you both to kind of list out what it is you want and what are your values in that decision? What are the things that are so important to you in that choice? And then what are the perceived kind of concerns that maybe both of you have? And then to, to come up with a solution based off of a, a, a compromise of all those things or not, you know, sometimes couples are just so far away in what their values are per se. I mean, if someone's saying, geez, I just really want to have a child. And the other one's saying, man, I just have zero desire to invest any time, money, relationship, whatever that is in a, in a uh, child, you're pretty far apart. That's going to be pretty difficult. But oftentimes, if you can really, truly understand your partner and what, what it is they want or what it is they're concerned about, there's things that you can do to kind of reach a compromise and a decision around those things. I don't, I don't know if I agree with this entirely, but it makes me think of a, a, a line from a, a guy I know who's, who's a couples therapist, and he, he, he says... There's no such thing as communication problems. There are only understanding problems. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, which I, I, I mean, I think that, you know, there is something to like literally the, the skill of communicating, but I, I think it is very true in my experience that when you do the hard early work of really trying to understand yourself and your partner mm-hmm. in a deep way, not in a superficial way, like really understand a lot of communication problems melt away and you end up having much more um, positive, constructive conversations and dialogue about these kind of big topics. So doing that, being willing to invest early on in really trying to understand, it just pays huge dividends later, I, I think. Could, well said. Couldn't agree more. Hey, everyone. Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.